Coming up, horny nuns. I I really don't know what else you want. I mean, if that doesn't entice you to listen to the show, go listen to This American Life. There you go. Horny nuns. This time on Kiss the Goat. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Got sucked in by the promise of diddling sisters, eh? <laughs> You're all dirty bastards. Of course, there's more to it than muff-diving nuns. Although, there is that. But there's also art and politics and history. And France. Nasty, grimy France. Weird and controversial. Hold on to your habits as we tackle some art house pseudo-Satanism with Ken Russell's The Devils. Back in a bit. Seventy-two movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list, the video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley hello, hello. as we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. Come to the right place. My name is Gary and I am your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, and listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Seven Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder.
Movies need only three things. Badasses. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. Boobs. Do you know that the female breast, known to be the source of life since Eve, can be deadly weapons? And body counts. Body count. The mathematics of murder and menace. The BBNBC podcast discusses lesser-known action, exploitation, and horror cult cinema. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and SoundCloud by searching for BBNBC podcast. You can also listen to each episode directly on the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Welcome back to Kiss the Goats. A lot of the world considers America to be the Great Satan, and that's a pretty hefty nickname to have. I'm not sure it's entirely deserved. It's not like we have a monopoly on evil. I mean, we're pretty damn good at it. Come on. Surely other places in the world can be in the running for that title. So let's do a little bit of globetrotting, shall we? It's time for Satan in the News, the International Edition. Nice. of Canada, a Richmond Hill couple claims their cat is satanic. Her name is Izzy and she's a right cunt. Izzy is a black cat. Oh, stereotypical. She's five years old and her owners claim this little one can be the Mr. Bigglesworth to your Dr. Evil. (laughs) This demon infested cat has been a naughty girl committing such evil deeds as opening a locked cabinet and eating the dog food contained within pissing and shitting on the floor, opening the refrigerator, and eating an entire block of cheese. Huh? You pooped in the refrigerator? And you ate a whole wheel of cheese? How'd you do that? It's actually, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> and by collecting her own army of male henchmen, recruited by her mewling from a second-story window. Imagine how weird that looks. Your cat's making these weird cat noises and you look outside and there are a bunch of tomcats like out in the yard just waiting to do her bidding. It looked like a scene from Night of a Thousand Cats. Well, if these owners want to give her to someone who can give her the time and attention she needs, preferably not in an apartment, it doesn't state if the owners will pay for international shipping if any of our non-Canadian listeners would like to give Izzy a new home. You can't mail a cat. What are you talking about? How do you think cats get from country to country? Not through the post. Well, it works for jackals. You can't mail a jackal either. That's not been my experience. On to our next story. No, wait, wait. How did you mail a jackal? Next story comes from the United States. Why are you mailing jackals? Where the latest census has the small town of Ballsover embroiled in a bit of controversy. Yes, I said Ballsover. Could this small mining town be home to the most Satanists in Old Blighty? The numbers say yes. 
balls over England. Balls over. Balls <laughs> over. Sorry, actually, balls over Derbyshire. Okay. But the Church of Satan says, no, that's not the case at all. They're of the opinion that the census gives people an opportunity to muck about with the system and put down joke answers to what they consider to be stupid questions. Well, there may be a point to that. The census indicates that there are 2,182 Jedi Knights in Leeds, and in Brighton, the Jedi Knights make up 1% of the population. There wasn't a Sith category to balance out the Force, but in Ballsover, <laughs> a village in Derbyshire, Satan seems to have gained a cloven hoofhold out of 76,000 people in the town. A whopping 17 have chosen the left-hand path and have gone on record as being followers of the Dark Lord Vader. Satan. Satan, right. Folks in Ballsover think it's bollocks. They insist there is nothing evil going on in their town besides the horrible secrets all people hide in their hearts just below the surface of civility. In fact, they say nothing really happens in town, well, except on karaoke disco night. Yeah, but really, isn't that what a town full of Satanists would want you to think? I mean, isn't that one of the lessons we've learned doing this show? Any town could be filled with devil worshippers at any time. That was the whole point of Race with the Devil. And it was a massive plot point in the Brotherhood of Satan. For all we know, the streets run red with blood and balls over, and the center of town is warmed by the sacrificial bonfires each new moon. Well, it probably doesn't. Oh, well, no, of course not. That's silly. I mean, you know, think, think about your own town. Right. Your own town, where you live. Where you know everyone, and they know you, and nothing strange ever happens. Oh, no terrible things that can't be explained. No missing pets. Nope, no desecrated graves. No, everything, everything's fine. Everything right. is fine everywhere. Everywhere. So that's going to do it for Satan in the News with that international feel. When we return from break, we'll tell you where your keys are. Hello, I'm Sean from High Street Garage in Ballsover. We run a local business servicing and repairing all makes of vehicles. As we're situated at the petrol station on High Street, opposite the church. We do collections, uh, MOT your vehicle, basically all mechanical work that you require. Thank you. You may know him as John Cross from the podcast from the After Movie Diner. Or you may not know him at all. But now you can know him as Miscellaneous Plumbing Fixtures with the release of his new album, Catch Up or Don't See If I Care. Available now on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever music is found. A full 16 new folk blues and rock tracks from this bearded singer-songwriter. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and at AfterMovieDiner.com. For links to the album and to learn more, go to miskplumbingfixtures.blogspot.com or miskplumbingfixtures.bandcamp.com. Banana ways of promo, take one. Hey guys, it's Wazell and Z here. Yeah, we're just uh, kicking back in the laser lounge right now, taking a break from uh, what we normally do to tell you all about our show, Banana Laser. Uh, 
we're just here for sick fucks like ourselves that love a horror movie and just yeah fuck the banana laser podcast it's uh, every t- time <laughs> 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 and um you know it's for sick fucks like ourselves <laughs> so if you like salty commentary <laughs> In skewed views. Foul mouth skewed views. And look, uh, we're terrible at this. I'm fucked up, dude. We are I, I, terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <God. laughs> all, all right, forget it. Fuck it. Uh, you can find Banana Laser at horophilia.com. Check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, Banana Laser Show. Look us up on YouTube, Banana Lasers, everywhere, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Look us up. So you can join us. Do you remember the first time your thoughts were turned to evil things? He plies me with caresses, lustful, obscene. He enters my bed at night and takes from me that which is consecrated to my divine right, God Jesus Christ. And what form does this incubus take? Who is responsible for this evil possession? But of course I can prove nothing. This Mother Superior may be little more than a hysterical nun. But if it is a genuine case of possession by devils, and if Grandier himself was proved to be involved, then yes, I think it bears investigation, gentlemen. You've been a magician. I'd come, I could devils. You face eternal damnation. Conjecture is useless. We need a professional witch hunter. We must send for Father Barret. are in balls over <laughs> and you just heard the preview for ken russell's film from 1971 the devils i just told you where your keys are it's magic all the way around Woo-hoo! <laughs> now let's talk about the devils for a moment because this movie um is unlike any other movie we've covered on this show you know we like to veer off occasionally and we'll watch something that's not particularly grimy or grindhouse, but something more artistic or serious. Or in this case, something crappy. It's beautiful. It's not good. It's also extremely polarizing, as you can tell. 
It's never been released in an uncut form anywhere, although you can find some deleted scenes on YouTube thanks to the work of British film critic Mark Kermode. No film company as of yet has strung it all together. Now, if you know anything about Ken Russell, you know that his tendency is to give you crazy, amazing visuals while putting the story on the back burner. Now, The Devils may be the closest he ever came to telling a story outright, although the visuals are still something to write home about. Well, it takes place in France during the time of Cardinal Richelieu. Basically, Richelieu tried to align the church with the monarchy, eventually overtaking the monarchy, creating a theocracy, and giving the cardinal complete control over the country. The sticking point was the town of Le Dune. <laughs> yeah, Le Dune. Le Dune. A city with walls and fortifications surrounding it. Uh, the king had promised the mayor of Lulun that at no time would the monarchy or their armies touch a single stone of that town's defenses. But without Lulun, Richelieu can never have complete control over France. I think to speak with a French accent, you pretty much just have to stop using your tongue. Just kind of let it melt in the bottom of your mouth. Is that it? or does it just, I think it just kind of swells. Maybe, yeah. It just kind of gets big. <laughs> well, what are you then? I'm French! Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? Anyway, it's all about the Catholics versus the Protestants, and a town with walls is a place where Protestants could hide and perhaps organize, gathering up enough power to pull off some kind of armed resistance. Lulu's mayor has passed away, and Father Urbain Grandier is in charge of the town until elections can be held. Now, Grandier is played by Oliver Reed, and this is one of those great Reed roles where you get the feeling the character was made specifically for him. Grandier is passionate about everything he does, whether it be rallying the people together against the forces of France or impregnating the virgin girls who come to him for Latin lessons or confession. He is a randy priest, and his reputation goes before him. He is. Now, the abbess of the local Ursuline convent, Sister Jean, 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 Jean. I don't know. There's so many superfluous consonants, it's almost <laughs> as bad as Gaelic, really. So, Sister Jean has developed a pretty unhealthy obsession with Father Grandier. Um, he's her go-to for private time, rubbing one out while fantasizing that Grandier is Jesus and she is Mary Magdalene. However, Jean is afflicted with very severe scoliosis, and even in her fantasies, her physical deformities lead to rejection. She wants to be beautiful, and she's not. Even Jesus doesn't love her in her fantasy time. So you can see why Sister Jean is a little bit of a nutcase. In order to be closer to the object of her desire, Sister Jean has sent a formal request that Grandier be named the confessor for her convent. Grandier, however, is having a fine time fucking his way through Laudon. He's already gotten the niece of a local priest knocked up, and he secretly married a village girl named Madeline. Well, it's not too secret, I suppose, since the whole thing was seen by two spies, and word does travel fast in a small, walled village. Even the Ursuline nuns hear about it, and they don't get out much. Now, Madeline had inquired about becoming one of Sister Jean's novices, but that plan has gone out the window since becoming Grandier's secret wife. Madeline attempts to return a book to the convent, and things go 
very badly. Madeline is the other woman in Sister Jean's eyes, so she pulls Madeline's sleeve off and bites her arm, and it's just generally unpleasant. Enter a douchebag from the king's court named Baron Jean de la Bourdemont, which <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend I know how to pronounce, so he's just the guy who looks like Michael Rooker. He's like the French Merle Dixon. And he's got soldiers and demolition equipment, and he's ready to tear down the walls of Loudun. Now this gets Grandier all up in arms, and he calls up the forces of Loudun. I guess they're like the National Guard. Um, there's a little bit of a standoff, and Grandier has the paperwork proving that he's in charge of the town and that no one is supposed to touch those walls. Merle calls his people down, and Grandier prepares to visit the king to find out exactly what the hell is going on. Meanwhile, a new confessor does arrive for Sister Jean's convent. He looks like one of those guys with a bad haircut that you see in old Dutch portraits. <laughs> His name is Father Mignon. We'll call him Father Bullcut. Mm-hmm. Jean is upset that she didn't get Father Grandier like she requested, so she starts running her mouth. She starts telling Father Bullcut about Grandier's secret wife, and she eventually starts talking about how he comes to her in her dreams and that Grandier has possessed her. Now, of course, she means the fact that she can't vertically smile without him, but Father Bullcut takes it to mean that Grandier is a witch, so obviously this requires more investigating. Now, Father Bullcut calls in Father Barre. Bar? Barre? Don't know how his name's pronounced. Anyway, he's a witch hunter. He's also a fucking maniac. The convent is dotted with barred windows, which aren't exactly windows because there's no glass in them. But people can look in, reach through the bars. It's kind of open and strange. But it's the perfect place to hold a mass exorcism. Soon enough, there's an audience, and Father Barr gives nuns enemas nuns are running around naked they're masturbating and kissing each other and it sounds like it should be hot well it's kind of hot but it's artsy and surreal hot not incredibly explicit hot I, I, I do like some nun porn well yeah but this is not exactly that well in the middle of this crazed sexual religious frenzy a man arrives claiming to be Duke Henri de Chande. He says he has a religious icon that will cure all of the nuns and bring this whole spectacle to an end. And he produces a box covered with red velvet. And Father Barr holds it over one of the nuns, and her behavior instantly calms down. And she claims that Grande's hold over her is gone, and she is cured. And it's then that the Duke opens the box, and it's empty. And we realize at this point that the Duke is really King Louis, who's just come to view this whole thing for himself and kind of insert himself into it. And as he leaves, he tells the nuns, have fun. And the girls go right back to it. Yep. Well, Grandier and Madeline are arrested on the way back to Ludon. They don't do a lot with Madeline, but Grandier is in deep shit. Not only is he a political firebrand, but he's been making all these nuns do naughty things. His innocence in these things really does not matter. Richelieu wants Grandier out of the way, so it's going to happen. And they might as well humiliate him while they're at it. They shave his head, including his amazing mustache, and they put him on trial in public. 
they reveal all of his secrets, and he's cool with that, but when he's accused of being a witch, he denies it. And that's the thing you can't do in a trial, is deny being a witch. It's really a catch-22. Um, he refuses to confess to high witchery, so therefore he must be a witch, and he is sentenced to be burned at the stake. Also, unbeknownst to Grandier, Baron Merle Dixon has gone behind Grandier's back and gotten permission from the king to destroy the fortifications of <laughs> Well, because Oliver Reed can't keep his mouth shut, he's still yelling at people during his execution. He manages to convince Father Bolcut that he's innocent, but there's nothing he can do about it. So Grandier is burnt alive. Merle blows up the walls of the town, and the townspeople freak out, and everybody runs away. It's not a happy ending. Now go away, or I shall taunt you a second time! Grandier is dead. Father Bullcut is placed in an asylum for believing that Grandier was innocent. People seem to believe Father Bullcut because Grandier didn't sign a confession. That doesn't matter, because Le Lung is open for occupation. Father Merle dumps a bag of Grandier's bones onto the floor next to Sister Jeanne, and she hands Sister Jeanne his blackened femur. And she does the right thing and starts masturbating with it. She finally got Grandier's boner. And Madeline, Grandier's wife, just wanders off into the countryside through the broken walls, never to be seen again. Well, it's the goddamn feel-good movie of the 70s. It's not a movie we entirely agree on. And it feels like a lot more happened than what we just described. <laughs> but when we come back, we'll get into the devils in detail. Back after these words from our friends and colleagues. Hi, I'm Marilyn from Rose's Closet. Um, it's my daughter's shop and we are a dress agency. If you don't know what that is, it's where pe we, people bring clothes in and we sell clothes for them and take a commission. Uh, it's dresses, jackets, hats, coats, boots, shoes, anything you'd like to bring in. Uh, good quality clothing, designer clothing or good quality high street clothing. We also have uh, jewellery, it's mainly big metal jewellery which is a London company and various designer sunglasses. Um, so we'd love to see you, we'd like to come in and see us sometime, thank you. My name is Mike. You may know me from the Evil Episodes podcast, where we talk about all that's good and bad on horror television. But I watch a lot of movies, too, and you can hear me and my panel of guests talk about these on the Not So Evil Episodes sidecast. My name is Doug. You may know me from the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Every month, we choose a theme that allows us to talk about some movies that don't always get the love or seething hatred they deserve. My name is Iris. You may know me from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast. Whether we're defending a movie we love or ripping apart a movie we hate, you can always expect some spirited and passionate discussion about movies on the Not So Eagle episode podcast. My name is X. You may know me from the Kiss the Goat podcast. Join us once a month for unpredictable, not safe for work discussion about some of the best and worst movies ever made. There's not often a fight, but sometimes there is. That's a Not So Evil episode, Psych. 
podcast turning movies inside out for your listening pleasure. You can find us on the Horror Philly Network, the Legion Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's some 40s and some bitches, baby. Yeah. Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy fartsy films, does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival? Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how. As raunchy as we can. <laughs> What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking. Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. <laughs> you don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a baconator right now. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, Come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Welcome back, Acolytes. It's time to play America's favorite racing game. Three questions. Three questions. Three questions. Stop. Who would crush the bridge of death? Question number one. Is the Devils truly a devil movie? Hods, I wish it were. <laughs> oh, it's it's um ironic. Don't what? you th- don't you think? Because no. <laughs> Because in this movie all of the devils are people. All the devils are men. That's the whole point. And you and you're not buying this. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everybody does horrible things to everybody else. They're all fucking demons with skin. It's terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. All right. Oh my god. Okay, fine. Okay, so question number two. <laughs> On a scale of one to six, how many horns high do you give the devils? You know, as a I'm going to give it four and a half. And I know you're just going to laugh at me for that, but I'm going to give it four and a half. I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. I realize it's not a devil movie like we normally look at, but when you view it as an essential part of 70s cinema and as an essential part of Ken Russell's work overall, and as probably one of the best roles Oliver Reed ever had. Yeah. I've got to give it a four and a half. It is visually, it is one of the most amazing things to come out of that decade. And it's hard to describe that just here on a podcast. You know, we could talk about the symmetry of the white tiles and the, you know, how perfectly the guy's corpse was laid out at the beginning with the, with the shrouded skeletons that made up his funeral beer. But it's, it's, you can't really describe that you really just have to see that so yeah i think i think it's amazing Hmm. how about you um 
kind of a real like strong reaction to that movie and I guess in that it was a good film I guess you know I'm definitely not just meh, meh you know indifferent to it I really every fucking character in that movie was deplorable with maybe the exception of Madeline and um and that's questionable yeah even that's questionable <laughs> but it was yeah, I mean, it was, it was disgusting. It was just every deplorable thing in humankind was paraded out onto the street and put on display in this movie. I mean, just everything you can think of. Corruption, greed, fucking manipulation, you know, it was just, yeah, I just really, really um, bothered, I think, on a very deep level by the story. Um, Which is a really true story. Even, huh? Which is a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. So um, I don't even know what to rate this movie because I don't want to see it again. <laughs> <coughs> wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Not even. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's cool. We'll let that go. Yeah. So we'll just go on to our last question, which is why should our listeners watch the devils or should they? You want me to answer that? <laughs> I, I, it's just that I think the way that you've reacted to this movie so far is going to be enough that our listeners are going to be like, oh, fuck yeah. I've got to see this. I've got to see this shit. That Wait, sounds incredible. Wait, stomach? Okay. <laughs> Cootie said it was disgusting? Holy fuck balls. Yeah. It was. Um, I found it pretty disturbing. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Watch it. Sure. I'll recommend it. Why not? You know, if 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 it got to you like that, I think that I then I I think the movie served its purpose, honestly. <laughs> to elicit that kind of reaction. I mean, you know, Ken Russell movies aren't they're not there just to be pretty, you know. Right. He's kind of like uh he's like Satan's Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick will show you like five minutes of wind blowing through a wheat field you know <laughs> whereas Ken Russell would set it on fire and put dicks in it so <laughs> so yeah I, I think that that's if, if that's not a shining recommendation I don't know what is and of course I think you should watch it because apparently I'm the more horrible of the two of us so <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's debatable my love well it is important to understand that this movie is really hard to find. It hasn't been released on DVD, and in fact, the last time The Devils was released was a VHS version back in 1997. That's the version we watched, and that version was cut from Hell to Breakfast. Right, and like we said earlier, you can see one of the major cutscenes on YouTube. Um, we're going to post a link to it on our Facebook page, but if you can't be ours to go to Facebook... 
you should do a YouTube search. Um, look for The Devil's Hell on Earth, and you'll get an idea of why Warner Brothers was a little squeamish about putting it out uh, or putting out an uncut version to theaters. Also at that time, Warner was owned by the Kinney Shoe Company, and they had a pretty squeaky clean image to uphold, you know. Kinney Shoes putting out <laughs> the devil's... <laughs> I hope you like our fucking patent leather shoes. Now here's a non-orgy. I mean, I can see why they would have been like, mm, no, let's not do that. <clears throat> Well, we're also going to bump our bump up our link to a, a petition on change.org where you can put your name on a request to have the devils released uncut on Blu-ray. Even if you don't like the movie, which obviously I didn't, it's not hard to see how the devils is an important piece of film history. Um, like I've said before, very important as far as the entire decade of the seventies goes, because the seventies is when, Films shook off all of the morals and mores of the 50s and the mid to early to mid 60s and just went insane. We had X rated films being nominated for Oscars, and it was just a great time of opening up <laughs> for cinema in general. And having this movie still be uncut and treated like some kind of pariah dog of the decade, to me, it's, it's, it's just not fair. Well, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen Lair of the White Worm or Gothic. And if you enjoyed those movies, it could benefit you to see some of the director's earlier work and The Devil's, maybe well, artistically anyway, his finest hour. I, I would agree with that. And while the argument could be made that drinking all the way through a viewing of The Devil's could help your enjoyment of the movie, that doesn't mean we don't get to play our game. <laughs> That's right, it's time for Drinking with the Devil, America's favorite drinking game where your love of movies meets your disdain for your own liver. So drink! Every time you see an actor that you think may have been on the Death Star in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and drink! Every time you wonder why all these French characters have an English accent. <laughs> That's, that's that's a lot. Uh, drink! Whenever you see gratuitous maggots. Nasty, dude. <laughs> Drink every time you see a man in drag. And finally, our grandmaster challenge. Drink every time you see a nun rub one out. <laughs> Clitoris nabiscum. And as always, please remember that we here at Kiss the Goat do not condone or recommend underage drinking or alcohol abuse, but they've, they've always, always worked for us. us. Now it's time for us to play a little bit of catch-up. Let's get to the questions we didn't get to last time and answer the latest questions we've received on this segment of Ask the Goats. I'll send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker! You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker! You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever! Let's rummage around in the malevolent mailbag. Rummage, 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 rummage. Let's see what our acolytes want to know this time. This time, First Blood is drawn by Cindy Sin Fallon, who says, I'm cold. Is it because of my witch's tits? To which Joe Nance adds, Or is it merely the brass brassiere? <laughs> I have a lot of experience with witch's tits. They're not cold. Now, a witch's butt, however, is extremely cold, 
Especially at 2.30 in the morning when she backs up on you and you're already all warm and snuggly. Yep. Got to watch out for that witch's bum. Yeah, it's the witch's ass you got to look out for. <laughs> uh, Cindy also wants to know, if Satan took the form of an illicit drug, which one would it be and why? An illicit drug? By illicit, I guess she means not legal. Is that I, what she means? I, I guess. Or one that would embarrass you in front of your family? I don't know. <laughs> um, shit. I don't have any idea. I think it would have to be syrup of Ipecac. Yeah. Well, exactly, but it's because it would... It, <laughs> You would take it, and then it would force you to cast out whatever was inside you. So it's like liquid exorcism. <laughs> That's a stretch. Well, that be, That's a stretch. That be if Jesus were a drug. To what? I said, wouldn't that be if Jesus were a drug? <laughs> oh, pro- yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know enough about illicit drugs to answer this question. Yeah, me neither. That's not fair. So maybe uh, maybe bath salts. <laughs> okay, there you go. We'll right, we'll go with we'll that. Go with bath salts. Bath salts, Cindy. Bath salts. Uh, the next three questions come from Tony Kimball. He first asks, "Who is your favorite cinematic portrayal of the devil?" I feel like we answered this before, didn't we? I feel like we did too. I feel like we probably have different answers. <laughs> I know that's the case with me. You can ask me a question one day and I'll give you an answer. And then a week later, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's this, maybe it's this other thing. I really like Sam Neill in the final conflict because I think that no matter who Sam Neill is playing, he's still playing the devil. Cause creepy Sam Neill. Cause he's just creepy and he's got that weird look. And sometimes his hair does that greasy thing where it kind of comes down in one strand over his forehead and it's just it just freaks me out so yeah Sam Neill in everything so yeah I kind of thought that was hot I'm not saying it's not but it's still it's it's demon hair <laughs> yeah I can go with that okay Tony's second question is who is your favorite doctor I'm, I'm guess- assuming he means doctor who I'm I, I'm guessing so um, but I'm I'm gonna say Doctor Loomis. Doctor Loomis. Yes. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Gonna go with that one. Gonna go with that one. All right. Oh, sorry. So Tony's last question is: Do you ever get tired of people asking multiple questions? <laughs> Apparently so, since. <laughs> I totally wanted to skip your last question, Tony. <laughs> I've never known you to be tired of multiple anything. <laughs> All right, Sin returns with this question. Do you like gladiator movies, and have you ever been to a Turkish prison? I actually do like gladiator movies. I don't care what that says about me. I will sit down and watch a fucking Steve Reeves movie and not give a shit. <laughs> I've never been to a Turkish prison, but I have seen Midnight Express. I don't want to go to a Turkish prison. <laughs> yeah, that does not look like a good time. And no, yeah. no. Very, mm-hmm. very dirty, very rapey. I'd like yeah. to avoid that. Yeah, we'll just leave that one out. Um, Joe has a question about nomenclature. 
he says, what is the most blatant or stupid euphemistic devil name you've heard in a movie? I.E. Cruella DeVille or Sheriff B.L. Bub. <laughs> Sheriff Bub is my favorite. It's fantastic. I would say Louis Cypher from Angel Heart. Oh my God. <laughs> Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah, pissed me off. When it, when, when it dawned on me what the fuck his name was, I was like, what? Really? <laughs> you know why? It's the fucking French accent. It gets you every time. Fucking it will man. never. Fi- he was Louis Safir from the Don and Baby Jean de Goomba la ba With six ends. Exactly. Six ends and, and not even in just a question at the end. Vanessa McEnery asks us a vital question. Is Justin Bieber the work of Satan or just stupidity? Yes. That is the correct answer. The correct answer is yes. Duncan McLeish wants to know, what's your favorite score to a horror movie and why? And this, we've answered this before on a previous episode too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was but, The Omen last time. Right. And again, we'll probably have a different answer um, <laughs> this time. I, Yeah, tonight the answer is Inferno because I've been listening to a bunch of Keith Emerson's soundtrack work for Pop Shifter. And Inferno really just jumps into my head right now. So, yes, tonight it's Inferno. A month month ago it was The Omen. Who knows what it'll be next time, you ask. (laughs) Mr. James Peter Cox has a great question. I've always said that the guy who keeps burying the dead time and time again in Stephen King's Pet Cemetery is the dumbest horror movie character in cinema history. Who's yours? Wow. That's awesome. Shit. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of dumb motherfuckers in horror movies. Yeah, there are. Often they don't die quick enough. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, I don't know if... I don't know if dumb is the right word, but I'd say she's probably one of my least favorite characters in a horror movie, and that is um, Jenny from Friday the 13th Part 2, Amy Steele's character. And the reason that I really don't like her, I don't like that whole movie in general, which Jamie Jenkins and I have talked about this, and I I think she wants to fight me in the alleyway. Um <laughs> I think she's silly because she gets she gets to the last part of the movie where she finds the bodies of all of her friends and she's being chased by Jason and she finally hides under a bed and a mouse runs up on her and she sees it and it scares her so bad she pisses her pants. Now your priorities are not straight <laughs> at this point. Your fight or flight uh instinct is kind of fucked up so she gets she gets my vote she just she irritates the shit out of me but anyway 
For peeing herself over a mouse. For peeing herself over a mouse, but not over Jason. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the scarier thing here. <laughs> I'm so confused. Anyway, um, here comes Sin again to dirty things up. Like she does. And the question is... There's a lot of kissing the goat around these parts, but does the goat ever get to second or even third base? Emphatically, yes. Um, the time is coming and coming soon when we will cover a movie called The Church, otherwise known as Demon 3. Full-on goat fucking. Amazing. I love that movie. Yeah. We should totally do that next. Okay. All right. There you okay. have it, Paul. There you go. Meh. <laughs> That was easy. <laughs> All right. Alan McPherson wants to know, what's the deal with Satan and the Antichrist anyway? Folks usually assume they're on the same page, but you get kind of a Megatron, Starscream kind of vibe. Thoughts? Okay. First, somebody's going to explain to me what Megatron, Starscream is. I have no clue what he's talking about. It's a, it's a Transformers reference. <clears throat> oh. Mm. Yeah, I know. So, like, Starscream is kind of like Megatron's sidekick but he also has his own plans for world domination i okay. think that from what i picked up from the first transformers movie that's that's how it is um but then again that was me looking for story in the first transformers movie and there really wasn't much of one so I, so what we're getting at here is that satan and the antichrist are separate personages okay well yeah i get that but I don't know. I think they're on the same page. I don't really think the Antichrist would do anything where Satan would be like, come here. Come, come here. <laughs> now look. We have an employee manual. <laughs> and you are clearly out of dress code. I really don't, I don't think that would happen. So I, I, I think as far as that, I think they're very uh, Clinton and Gore as far as being on the same page. Maybe not so much, you know, Obama and Biden. <laughs> anyway, that's 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 my thought. Okay. That. Right. <clears throat> and finally, Gary Hill, the bearded one himself, asks this: Out of all the creatures inhabiting the earth, what species do you think was created by Satan as a cruel joke? Skunks. Skunks? <laughs> Skunks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can see skunks. <clears throat> well, you know, they're really cute. They're little furry guys, and they you smell them and you want to vomit. Yeah, and they look like cats. You can see how <laughs> children would accidentally pet a skunk and then get sprayed, you know, with anal glands in the face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, skunks is good. Uh, the platypus is good, I think. Um, but I also think those lizards that shoot blood out of their eyes when they're frightened. That's awesome. Yeah, those things, they're cool, but at the same time, it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> what? Why are you shooting blood at me? Um... <laughs> Which really, how often would you ever get to say that? Why are you shooting blood at me? <laughs> Only on a good night, Ace. Only on a good <laughs> night. 
Well, as always, you can send in your letters to us here at Kiss the Goat. Max always prompts when he's ready for them at our Facebook group page, which is facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat. Or you can send them to our evil email address, which is thegoatofmadness at gmail.com. You can also visit the Kiss the Goat store called, remarkably enough, Wear the Goat. They're the goat. Here you can find shirts, uh, baby clothes, flasks, bumper stickers, all kinds of stuff to help you show your allegiance to the goat. That's at kissthegoat.weebly.com. And if you listen to us using the iTunes program that's so popular with the kids these days, please take a moment or two to write a review for us. Make all those stars shine a bright gold. Use nice big words. Encourage people to love us. Tell them of our glory. Exhort them to listen to our words of heresy and wonderful, terrible things. Hasten the day of his coming. Amen. Amen. And thank you, as always, to Jason Lloyd, our benevolent overlord at the Horrorphilia Network. And I'm telling you, if you dig this show, you're going to dig the other shows on the feed. Are you looking for great podcasters? Gary Hill, Dave Zandano, Duncan McLeish, they're here. Hugh and Christy Green are here. Mike Merriman is here. So many of the personalities that you love are right here on Horrorphilia. This is where the big boys and girls play, and I've always wanted to say that. It's true. He's always wanted to say that. Hustle, loyalty, respect. No, 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 no. You're missing federations. You can't do that. Sorry. Just close it. <laughs> Finally, thanks to you, our listeners. Keep listening. Keep downloading. Keep telling your friends. Keep putting up with our terrible behavior, and we'll keep making this show. Until next time, the circle is open. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Hell, Satan. Well, it's never been released in an uncut form anywhere. Although you can find some deleted scenes on YouTube, thanks to the work of British film critic Mark Ker- Mark who? Kermode. His name is Kermode? Balls over. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> See, this, is, like... this is why I give it to you early, so you could go over I guess I missed that when I looked over it earlier. Kermode? Kermode. Jesus. All right. Sorry. Let's back that up. <clears throat> Five, four, three. Hello, my name's Rose Dingleton, and I'm the owner of Needles and Pins at Balls Over. We're situated on the marketplace just down the road from Bolsover Castle. We sell wool, cross stitch, tapestry and paper craft plus haberdashery. And we would love to see you and we'll give any help that you require. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.
Uh, Duncan McLeish wants to know, what's your favorite score to a horror... I'm sorry, I took yours. Uh, what's your favorite score to a horror movie and why? <laughs> That's okay. This is another repeat. Um, what's your answer tonight? Because last time it was The Omen. I think last time it was The Omen, and tonight I'm going to say Tenebrae. Because... <laughs> I just got done listening to a bunch of Keith Emerson soundtrack work for Bob Shifter and Tenebrae just really... Not Tenebrae, Inf- God damn it, Inferno. Can we start this one over? Can we just fuck this and just start this over? Because okay. I've lost my own face. <laughs> don't know. Get a drink. <laughs> Yes, we can back that one up. <laughs> All right. And you can read it like you were supposed to, and I'll just sit here and not say shit, so. Mm. Oh, I need a new coil. Okay, five, four, three. Duncan McLeish wants to know, what's your favorite score to a horror movie and why? We so this was a repeat question because we've answered this before at some point. Hello. This I'm here. Hello. I totally didn't hear anything until you just now said I'm here. Okay. Fuck. Well, let's try that again. God damn it all. <laughs> Five, four, three. Now that's an idea But if we believe that it's they who decide That's the ultimate detractor of crimes Cause devils and gods, they are you and I Devils and gods, they are you and I Devils and gods Safe and inside. 